Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey, beyond delighted to welcome psychic medium Catherine Branham, who has conducted over 50,000 psychic readings in the past 11 years. This has been one busy lady. (laughs) Catherine will be speaking to us today from the Woodlands, Texas, where she lives with her two children. She has incredible gifts that seem to have been inherited at birth and several that she learned along her spiritual journey. Many of her gifts are considered superpowers by most, although Catherine likes to explain that anyone can learn to find their own superpowers. As a psychic medium who is also an open channel, Catherine can tap into the spirit world without blinking an eye. Her many superpowers include remote viewing, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and energy healing. Plus, she is a medical intuitive. And she is also the author of a newly released inspiring memoir, which I thoroughly enjoyed, titled How I Found My Superpowers, An Introduction to the Spirit World. It describes Catherine's traumatic childhood filled with abuse the otherworldly friends who came to help and support her, and the way she later began using her superpowers to help people in countless ways. I'm eager to talk with Catherine about what she means when she says that her book was written at the highest vibrational frequency, the ways we can process and release trauma, understanding the spiritual path of victim and healer, what she has learned about suicide, how soulmates are connected to soul families, and the important spiritual information Catherine wishes to share with us that no other intuit or psychic has brought to the public. This will surely be an unforgettable, very enlightening interview. Hey, Catherine, a warm, heartfelt welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. Hi, Irene. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so I'm much. I'm so glad to. I am. This is going to be a love fest. This is going to be great. <laughs> Let's begin with this question. Please tell us about your childhood that was so sadly filled with trauma and abuse and describe how your ability to read auras helped you during those very toxic years. Well, uh, there's, there's much to, there's much more to the trauma and the abuse than what I included in the book. What I included in the book was what was needed so the readers and those just walking their spiritual path could understand some of the things that I could see. Many times when I would see mom's, mom's energy shift and change a different color, whether she was angry at dad or angry at something else, I knew to beeline it out of the house and go find something to do. And I was out of the house from sunup to sundown. Wow. Many a days. But it, it gave it gave me some insight on when to clear deck and just sort of allow some of whatever she was dealing with to work through. And it's, it helped me along the way, even with friends, being able to have certain friends with the inner, with an energy field of a certain color that I knew were trustworthy people. That's amazing. Would you say now in retrospect, do you think it was that your mom herself was really wounded from her own childhood stuff or that there was a mental illness component to it? I feel like there were there was a little bit of both. I feel like there might have been some some postpartum that she was dealing with. But most of the time during childhood, when she would get mad, she would say, I never thought I'd have a girl. Your daddy always told me. I, I would have a boy because his whole family were 
were boys. And so when I came along and I was a girl, she thought, what is she going to do with me? Of course, at a young age, I had no idea. You know, so it wasn't something- She resented you just for your gender. Yes, exactly. And so there were, there was lots of times the abuse was there just out of being a female. My God. So she was like attacking the very essence of who you were. Right. Right. I mean, I'll never forget the scene in your book where she cut your hair so mercilessly and so so mean about it. Yes. And, and I, and oddly enough, I ran across a few of the photos and my hair was cut to my ears, very blunt. It looked like a you know, like the Dutch boy haircut. And, you know, I remember my friends looking at my hair because when I'd go outside, we'd sit and braid each other's hair. And it was, she knew that was one thing my dad did do when he came in from work, he pat my hair, he pat my head. And she didn't want any of that. That was, well, it sounds like she was also jealous of, of, of how pretty you are. Well, you know, and at the time I, I didn't feel that way because I was always told I was not attractive. I was always told I was always made fun of and uh, even my own house. And I was still made fun of up until just a few years ago uh, with my family. So my siblings would, if I walked into a room, they'd say, are you expecting a flood? They would pick apart my clothes. They would pick apart my everything about me. So, and that's to this day. So it, it, so some things just don't change. You just have to change within yourself and look at the situation as that's them, not you. Yeah, well, I've had experiences in my own life where um, I had some toxic situations and um, I'm the one who went to therapy and changed me. And it consequently uh, gave the person a choice because they were no longer dealing with the old Irene and it gave them a choice of, <laughs> How am I going to, am I going to relate to her in this different way or stick with my old pattern? And my attitude was, that's your choice, but I will not go there anymore. I had to do my own healing and changing. I can, I totally, I so related to so many parts of your book. Um, Could you tell us about your personal journey to become an open channel and a free flowing psychic medium, a medical intuitive and an energy healer? You've got so many gifts and I know that you've worked on them too but you were born with some and you've worked on others. Right. You know, when, when I started doing energy work, it was really to do energy work on animals. And I, I didn't, I never really considered myself, Oh, I'm going to be a psychic or I'm going to be a psychic medium. It, I didn't want to do that. I really wanted just a, a nice job, something quiet, maybe market research, just something very plain Jane. And every time I tried to open to that, the doors were closed on me and it just kept putting me back in the position of meeting certain people that kept me on track, but it was something I definitely ran from. Wow. So you, and also in in this journey, you took a lot of classes and you, and you, and you learned from people and all of that. You said to people. Oh yes. I took a lot of energy classes, uh, energy healing. I took Reiki and I also, I also learned a lot with herbs, natural herbs and medicine, but along with the natural herbs in classes, merely by holding a certain herb or vitamin, I noticed that it resonated with the energy field. So when people would come to me and they'd say, oh, I've been given this, this, and this, I would have them hold the, the herb or the vitamin or the medication. And I would wait to see if it resonated in their energy field. And if it didn't resonate in their energy field, I knew it was the wrong product for them. That's amazing. So like, I, I would say, uh, in my layman's terms, that you had this ability to read auras, and you had this ability to see energy, and then the, the classes and all you took refined. Yes, what you are what you were born with and, and gave you even more skills to use them. Right. And it, and it actually, it actually helped me in understanding what I was looking at. Because sometimes I would see things and I had no idea what I was looking at, why there were certain strings or markings in someone's energy field. But as I went along, God always brought a situation to show me exactly why the marking was there in the energy field. And then I just began to bank the information. So I could, I knew it would come up. And so sometimes in a reading, it, it, they take me all the way back to the beginning 
and they'll show me a situation that I actually witnessed and they'll say, it's just like this. And I'll go, okay, this is what's going on. Wow. Do you have specific spirit guides who work with you all the time, Catherine? Or I do. They change? They, your spirit guides will change throughout your life. So everybody's born with at least one. But as you move along your spiritual path and things that you're doing and you're growing in your life, more will come on board for you. They'll tag more in and say, okay, I've taken her as far as I can go. Come on in. And they'll tag more in and you'll get some that are higher vibration. It's very rare that you'll get someone that is a deceased loved one from this lifetime, unless they've done a lot of work and they're a high level, but you're not going to just get uncle Bob as your spirit guide who just passed, you know, he'd been sitting in this lazy chair all his life. He's going to become your spirit guide. That's not the way it works because your, your spiritual walk is so much greater than you can imagine while you're here in human form. That's so, that's so interesting. Um, you talk in your book about the frequency that supports and guides you. Could yeah. you explain, I mean, we all talk about the source that comes from inside of us. Other people speak of God that seems to be a source outside of them. Could you please identify what this frequency is that helps you to help other people and to hear? The, the frequency is God's source. And early on, I, di I didn't know it. I would just hear the, hear the voice. And it would be something so simple as move the vase that's on the floor, move it. And there were times I didn't go and move it. And sure enough, someone fell right into it and cut themselves across the face. So as I began to realize this voice is only here to help me, they've only told me good things. When they've told me to look for something, I found it. They've, they help protect me in so many other ways. And then I realized this is, this is God speaking to me. Now, this is not spirit guides. This is a whole oh, different that was, that was God's source speaking to me. And when I read for other people, I read, I listen to what their spirit guides are saying. And then I parrot to them what they're saying. I don't go by what my guides are saying or by what I'm feeling. Because my best cheat sheet is listening to what your guides have to say about you. They know when you're doing stuff that's not of your highest and best. They know they're, they're watching you. They're with yeah. you. They know everything. Yeah. So I'm just trying to understand. So your this frequency, it's not necessarily your spirit guides or it is filled with your spirit guides or it's a totally oh, separate. It's God's energy. Your, my spirit guides, I know when they're talking to me because they come in and they'll tell me this or that, but it's God's. It's, so it's, it's, a, it's a higher vibration yes. from them. And you okay. can tell when it's a higher vibration, when it's God's source energy. Now I know this is God's source energy when it comes in. It's because there's a light that comes in almost as if it's just this giant light pole from the, uh, the high heavens to the earth, to the ground of the earth. Wow. And it, it travels by frequency because on the other side, that's how we communicate. We're not verbal. So when someone passes and let's say they speak a language that I'm not familiar with, I can still understand what they're saying because of the frequency that they're and that's how we are on the other side. So God begins, God begins to talk to us in frequency. So many people who are clear audience may not realize they're actually clear audience. They may just be getting the, the impressions of the frequency of God voice. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, and you've also encountered a multitude of spiritual being, beings guiding you. I mean, I read in the book, you've, you've encountered, you've had been guided by Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, Mother Mary, Jesus, and many other universal spirits. Could you share Lieutenant Henry Callahan's story and what Archangel Raphael told you about suicide? That's so important because people don't understand about suicide. And must people who take their lives by suicide redo their entire lifetime or just the part they couldn't accept? How does a person's higher self prepare that person for that next lifetime? And that was such a fascinating part of your book. Oh, uh, it was it was a very important lesson for me to learn because he was one of several that came forward after that day to explain, just as if you're you're explaining it to me, on how they would go about realigning their next life so they could take care of what they didn't do. So when I met Henry. It, it really bothered me because every time I would turn the corner, he would be there. He'd be standing on the corner in spirit form. 
And I don't like to get involved with people who are just standing. I never like to go to someone, someone living and say, Hey, your uncle, your father, your mother wants me to tell you this. I stopped that years back, but I could not avoid him. And when I came to him, he said, there are many churches teaching that when someone commits suicide, they go to hell. And he said, this is wrong. It's they don't go to hell. Hell is what you make for yourself. And by simply giving up and looking at your current, ex, your current existence as something that you just can't, some, there's an issue you can't overcome and you think the only way out is suicide, you're wrong. Because when you do take that out for that particular reason and you go back to the other side, your higher self, which is the spiritual part of you that is connected to creator and that your higher self says, hey, wait a minute, what did you do? You had that great ticket to earth. We found you a vessel to get you here. And yet you decided to call it quits because you lost your job and you couldn't support your family. That's when you were supposed to dig deeper and find your true essence of your purpose here. So what you're going to have to do is, and your higher self holds you accountable, not God. Your higher self wants you to be the masterful spiritual being that they know you can be to pull yourself back in to your origin, your original origin. So your higher self will say, you're going to go back and you're going to do this, this, and this in your life. And you're going to be faced with a similar situation, but you're going to have to overcome it. And to help you overcome it, we're going to show you certain lives where people were faced with similar situations and how they learned to overcome it. Oh, how cool. That's really interesting. So they will show you, they will show you someone else's life and they'll say, look at what she did. Rather than giving up, she started her own clothing line. Rather than giving up, she started her own cleaning business. Rather, you know, so they will walk you through various things. The, the, the most tragic thing that I've noticed with suicide isn't so much the loss of the individual in the end. It's the loss of the time period that you had already accumulated. It's the infancy to teenager. It's the infancy to thirties. It's the infancy to 40. It's all that time period because surviving infancy and childhood is one of the toughest, usually time periods in one's life. Oh, now wait a minute. Stop. That's really interesting. Yes. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because some people have easier childhoods than others. Right. But even in those situations, you, you are, you are at the hands of another's decisions, whatever you consume, whatever you believe the church that you're walked into, whatever culture you're raised in, you're at their, you're at their, you're at their hands. So why would you want to end your life at 20, at 30, at 40? You've already gone through the tough stuff. Now it's time to, it's time to double down. And instead of giving up, you want to just power through. Well, it sounds to me like in the childhood, you're presented with all these things. Now you mature, you're starting to mature. And now you have choices of whether you're going to live those things you've been presented or make some modifications in your life or whatever. That's so fascinating. Um, Could you also explain the spiritual path? You talk about this in your book about being a victim and a healer. Yes. So as any healer, whether you're a counselor, energy work or a counselor, there is a point in your life that actually guided you to that profession. So it may be something that you're seeing within yourself that you you don't want others to go through. You just want to put your arm around their shoulder and say, it's okay to your brothers and sisters that have gone through similar situations and you want to help them to see a brighter day. It's not, it's not able to be seen until you've been on the other side and looked at the part of you that was the victim at the time to the part of you that can actually see it as a situation that either you needed to experience so you could have the compassion and be able to put your arm around the person and say, I understand. 
I might have not gone through what you did, but I understand the shame. I understand the hurt. And I'm here for you because when you find someone that has had that type of experience, it's so much easier to open to heal and to make the progress that you need to, to move forward and clear it rather than to have someone to say, you know, I've I had this great childhood. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't, I can't fathom, but I know what the books tell me. So it, it's a different story when you're dealing with people that have actually made it through. Sounds like you're describing you and me. Yes. <laughs> In a lot of ways, that's exactly what we're both doing with, you know, it, uh, you know, wow. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, um, yes. Your life mission is to help humanity return to its natural blueprint and awaken within. Please explain to everyone, Catherine, what is the natural blueprint and what does it mean to awaken from within? Okay, so your natural blueprint is the origin of who your soul is at the beginning of time. When, so when you were first, when you were first. Not even when, yeah, it's your first spark of your first lifetime, not your first spark of this life. It's, it's who you were in your origin form of when creator created your soul for this experience. And your, your original blueprint did not contain hate. It did not contain judgment of self. It did not contain judgment of others. It did not contain separation from other living things. Your original blueprint had a love and a connection to all. Those things that we have felt of separation, judgment, hurt, and the, the idea that one is greater than the other, that's all man-made. That's man's crippling upon humanity. So with every lifetime, no matter what you're doing in that lifetime, no matter what your profession, there's no profession greater than another. But with every profession, with every lifetime, you're moving closer to purging out the threads that have embedded in your energy field from situations that perhaps you participated in, perhaps situations where you believed you were less than, or that perhaps you needed to have a certain cultural experience that maybe took you apart from the group. Whatever it was that you participated in and that you allowed into your energy field, those are the threads that must be purged, the belief threads that must be purged so you can return. And that's what this time period right now on earth is about. That's what the awakening for many that's happening. And that's why it's happening at such a greater speed where more people are awakening to their spiritual uh, blueprint than ever before. It's very interesting also when you look at the, the earth and what's happening, because it's almost like... A, a, a pimple being squeezed. I, I hate to use that analogy, but you're seeing all this toxic stuff coming out. Yet yes. there is a groundswell of more and more people becoming spiritual. And yes. I've been told this is the Aquarian age where we're going into a higher, um, we're ascending into a fifth dimension and all of that. And that a lot of what's going on is third dimensional stuff that just has to come out. Would you ascribe to that? Do you, do you believe in that? Is that true? It is true. And for many people, most of the, most of the planet is still operating in the 3d. They can't help it. They're stuck in the 3d because they're continuing the cycle of what their fathers have taught them, what their fathers have taught them. And they're continuing that life cycle. And it's, it's, you know, change for anyone is difficult. Thinking about your life moving forward in a different way. It's difficult. There's very few people as a percentage of the population on earth that's actually in the 5D right now. Very few. And if someone is on their spiritual path and you're, you're talking with them and they're saying, I'm in the 5D, I guarantee you they're not. Because people in the 5D are not telling you I'm in the 5D. You would know it once you encounter their energy because their energy has a very restful feeling that they're, they're good with where they are. The 3D energy carries a lot of the ego. It, it carries a lot of the backstabbing. 
it carries a lot of the separation that humanity has decided to take on and embody as their nature, which we're, we're working to purge out right now. Thank God. <laughs> That's great. So now I want to ask you about soulmates and soul families. And I have a little bit of personal experience with that. And I'm curious about more. Can we have more than one soulmate? And what do you mean when you say that we choose the spiritual contracts with the main people in our lives? I mean, some of these people I chose to be with some of these people, really, Catherine? And that some of us are not reading the fine print. What does that mean? Okay, so so many people have misused the word soulmate. You know, you have people that come in and they'll say, I need to know, is he my soulmate? Well, you could have a soulmate in every major city all over the world. I could have a soulmate in every major city all over the world. But a soulmate is someone who is part of your soul family that you choose to incarnate with so you can work out some of the rough edges that you, you would like to work through and some of the things that you need to learn. Now, there's what they call divine counterparts or twin flame. And twin flame is usually a phrase that people use when they talk about their other half. It's kind of like the invoke phrase that they're using now. Now, for many people who do have a divine counterpart, that's the other half of you. It's the part of you that was connected to your original soul prior to you deciding to walk the path that has began to destroy humanity. It's the part of you that if you were to take a piece of paper and rip it apart and say, okay, go about your way, you go about your way, that female aspect, that male aspect goes in two different directions. What we're trying to do is to bring our origin and our center back together. So a soulmate is just one of, let's say you have 400 people in your soul family. You're choosing to pick one that will be your mother, one that will be your father, one that will be your lover, or several that will be our lovers, and a few that could be siblings or friends. They are your soul family. So when someone says, is you know, he my soulmate, it is, it's usually a yes. But we there's difference between soulmates. But it could be one of your soulmates. Yes, it could be one of your soulmates. And not everybody has a soulmate that has a contract to see you through your life. So with you, you had a contract with your hubby. You had a, a soul contract with him to be married. But what I'm thinking is we were not necessarily twin flames. We were just part of the same soul family. Yes. And in this lifetime, we came together. We yes. decided to do this work. Yes, that's exactly it. So for people who are saying, okay, well, I, I believe this man was my soulmate and, you know, he did me dirty and he did this to me. That actually is a karmic soulmate. A karmic soulmate actually has to do with a past life situation that you had with this person that requires balancing during this lifetime, because on the other side in the spirit world, nothing's left unfinished. That's why when we're here and you are living and breathing it's time for us to get our business done. If you want to live a certain way, live a certain way. You want to be with a person, be with that person, but make it the highest vibrational situation. Don't choose to live in a relationship with someone you believe is your soulmate that treats you badly or your soul family that treats you badly. You can change. That may be part of the lesson. Yes. About that person is bringing you about empowering yourself to love yourself and change exactly. the situation. Exactly. That's really interesting. When you say some of us are not reading the fine print, what do you mean exactly by that? What is in the fine print? Okay, so what I've noticed in several different readings for people who have incarnated during this time. So many people that I've met that are between our ages and even some of the younger ones, I have found that they didn't read the fine print when they came down, when they chose to reincarnate to be here. And some of them didn't even need to come down. Some of them had made ascension at some point, but they decide, nope, I know what's happening with earth. It's going to be one of the biggest changes in earth's history. I have to get down there. 
And so what we did is we chose certain people and said, hey, will you be my mom? Will you be my dad? Will you be my vessel to earth? And we decided we're going down no matter what. And we didn't realize, oh, crap, mom's got a mental illness in this life, you know, or dad's. Oh, that's interesting. So there are things that you could, you would, that that you could, so you could have a contract with someone to come in, but you don't realize that they have certain parameters that are going to. Right. So it may be, yeah, it may be, I'm just so anxious to get down there. I didn't realize I was going to be born into a family that would uh, find a matchmaker to marry me off or to, or to sell me to another family. All I wanted to do was get down here. So there's people that did not read the fine print and it used to not be the case. People would wait years and years before they reincarnated again. But because of Earth's evolution of what's happening with humanity, more people are turning around and hurrying back down so they could be here because it's such a joyous time. It's like coming to one of the the biggest celebrations or going to the Olympics. You know, you want to get your ticket and go to the Olympics. So wait a minute. But right now, like politically and in other ways, it's not a joyous time, but you're saying we're heading for that. So there's good news ahead. It actually is because. Have you ever been to an event that you bought a ticket to and you thought, I I love that so much. Yeah, I had a ticket there. I got to see this. I got to see that. That's what this is. Even though people are looking at what's happening right now on earth, all over the world, it it's, they're looking at the wrong side of it because what's happening right now is it's breaking down the old paradigm for change and change never feels good. It never feels good. When you move, it takes a few weeks to get acclimated to your new surroundings. It never feels good. But once you do, it, it's, you know, it's right as rain. You're where you need to be. And that's what's happening with earth. That's why so many of us that, that understand opening spiritually and how important it is to get all our brothers and sisters on board. It's important because when you're, when you sit in the light, of creator and you sit in allowing there's so many miracles that begin to happen right in front of your eyes that most people are missing well that that is a whole other interview (laughs) waiting to be spoken that's fascinating um really um and i i also want to ask you what you'd like to share with our grief and rebirth audience about processing and releasing trauma of which you know a lot about right yes and the, um, the main thing of processing and, and releasing the trauma is sitting down with a pen and paper, write down the names of the characters that were involved, and then stop and look at, write down the situation. And part of it is looking at the situation as if you're not involved in it, taking all the emotions out of it. Because when you are on the other side in spirit form and you look at a trauma that you went through, there's no emotions or feelings with it. You're simply looking at it as the aspect of the learner, the student, not the victim. So when you begin to look at it as a situation of a learning experience, it changes the paradigm. And we also become very honest with ourselves on things perhaps we would not have learned otherwise or people we wouldn't have met that come across our path for either help or encouragement. Or to teach another lesson. Right. So let me ask you about your mom. So was your mom, you didn't read the fine print or was your mom a plan to open you up to give you this compassion to understand situations? How did this apply in your life? It was actually a little bit of both. And and what I learned with the situation growing up, I looking at it now, I feel like I was very privileged to be able to have the experience that I had because I could see it from many different levels that most people never get to really experience. And I also came in so I could help remind her of who she was. And that began to happen for her towards the end of her life on wanting to learn more spiritually, even though she didn't get the full contract of what she needed to on unconditional love. It, I noticed 
finally the student began to listen. And at that point, I felt good. That's, and it gave you closure, gave you resolution. Yes. So great. Um, and which points to this other question that I have, perfect timing, perfect segue. You have to get to self-love before you can accept real love. And that yes. sounds like that was a big lesson for you. Yes, it is because I was always told I was un unworthy and I made fun of and beaten up at home. And there were, there were so many situations that I really began to feel that God, there's no way that God could love me and all this stuff happened to me. But it got to the point to where you had to, one, you have to learn to self-soothe. You have to learn to self-soothe because everything that is within you is connected to God. And when you go in and you connect to your center form, you're connecting to creator. And at that point, no words, no actions can, can really affect you because you begin to see the whole purpose of the situation and you move, you remove yourself from victim mode. You kind and of detach. Yes. What you're saying is you, I, I mean, like for me, when I come across toxic situations now, I don't respond to them. I've learned not to respond to the drama with more drama. I've learned to kind of fly above it and observe right. it and kind of I send the person love but like now I know that you're toxic and I will just I will not get involved in creating a drama I will separate out from it is that kind of what you're talking about so I've learned how to help myself right and pull myself out of that situation and not be drawn into the emotion yes of what's going on because you can choose who you you wish to intermingle your energy with. And our body is so, so much different than our energy field. Our energy field surrounds our body. And so whatever drama or trauma you choose to intermingle with is the drama or trauma you will carry in your energy field. And that's not the identity you want to carry. No, not at all. That stuff can really bring you down, which is um, brings me to my next question. You say in your memoir, How I Found My Superpowers, An Introduction to the Spirit World, that it was written in the highest vibrational frequency, and it will raise the frequency of anyone who reads it. Please define highest vibrational frequency. Explain why we would want to raise our vibrational frequencies, which we're sort of talking about. Describe how our own vibrational frequencies will be raised by reading your book, which means that everybody listening and watching have to read your book, Catherine. And what else would you like our audience to know about your book? So, <laughs> <Thank no. laughs> you. I, uh, when I sat down, because I had been told over and over the years, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book, people that knew the, the things happening to me, when I sat down to write, and I was given the go ahead, hey, we, you know, we want to publish a book. I sat there and I prayed to God. And I said, God, there's so many stories and so many things that have happened. How do I know what what makes the cut to put in this book? And what is left on the table? please, I wish this to be the highest vibrational frequency. And at that moment, there was a lot of light that came down to the pages. Wow. And it wasn't important for me to take the readers through every inch of traumatic moments in my life. But what was important was to explain the moments that were the teaching opportunities in the way that I had to learn them so that it could give them the nudge that they needed for their spiritual awakening. So it could help to open up the star seeds and the people who had forgotten who they're, who they really are. Stop there. Define star seeds. Cause a lot a, of people don't know what that means. A star seed is a being usually from another, another star system from another planet, from an, uh, they are usually very high vibrational energies who happen to have forgotten their gifts, forgotten what they came in for, and actually forgotten what they needed to be here for. Okay. So, um, so reading your book, you, you, you get to um, experience this higher vibrational 
frequency that came in as you were writing it, right? Yes. And, and raising our vibrational frequencies is part of what we're all trying to do, which is to evolve on this planet and to grow past this third dimensional mentality. And um, is there anything else you'd like our audience to know about your book before they rush out to order it, buy it, whatever? Well, one of the, one of the things that I was working to get across in the book was being able to look at the situations that I had encountered as a memory or a awakening for the reader, because there's several situations where many people can relate to. And there's so many situations there that regardless of your, your gender, your, your nationality or your religious faith, that you see the human path that lies within the words, the, the human path that lies within the words of their own awakening. And when I say raising the vibrational frequency, it's because it takes you out of the 3D thinking of who you think you are. And it helps you to be reminded that you're not alone. The spirit world is there with you. They're with you, whether you realize it or not. And often at times when I'm just out and about and I'm looking around, individuals that are just out shopping, their spirit guides are with them. Sometimes their deceased loved ones are with them. Their angels are with them. And there they think they're shopping alone. So it's incredible to see that, you know. Right. And well, which is really very comforting because heaven is really all around us. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes, it's not like so in the sky on a cloud. It's they were really all around us. Yes, so true. Right. Um, now here's another question for you. There are mediums and psychics who give healers in the spiritual world a bad name because they don't have true integrity. Right. And people don't trust this profession in a lot of ways because of those people. What would you like to say about integrity in the spiritual world? And please tell us about your own code of ethics and integrity to give us an example of what it should look like. Well, there's I, I've made several videos on how to spot a fake energy worker or fake psychic. But I will tell you, I get lots of emails and calls about certain situations that people have run across and they just want my guidance on and I will tell them if there's an energy worker or a psychic that's telling you, you need to buy sessions, you need to do this, you need to know they are fake. And to really trust your guidance, if you sat and said, please bring me the people I need on my path, the highest and best people that I need on my path that will help me with this, creator will have these people cross your path. It'll be someone saying, this person is good and really sit with it. Don't just go by what a person is saying, really sit and feel it out. Because when you sit and connect to your, your soul essence, your soul won't lie to you. It's our human perception that is skewed and is off judgment. But for those that are looking for someone that's really on the path of integrity it is someone who is not only centered on looking at the healing process of the individual, but it's someone who is also willing to say, you may need some time just to sit and process what we've talked about or what we've done. And then when you're ready, if you want to talk again, fine. But if not, this you know, we're good. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And you even had a situation with a psychic network where they kind of cheated, right? Like these yeah, it, psychic networks and all? I will tell you, all psychic networks cheat. All of them do. They, they have a dashboard system that collects, that collects emails, that collects birth dates, that collects names, that collects everything. So if there are certain people that are reading, they will share the information with other psychics of what they've gathered on you. It is very interesting to see so many different people need help and really need that comfort. And yet they're calling, they're calling on someone that's really not giving them the information that they need. And the difference with the integrity is it's not 
in your soul that you're having to answer to anyone on the other side. You're answering to yourself. We're here to polish our higher self. So if there is someone that comes in and they say, I need a session from you, and I know I'm not the best person for them, I will refer them out. I'll say, you know what? You need an energy healer that does this, or you need a past life regression with this person, and I will refer that person out. And it makes a difference. And some of them that just say, oh, they take anybody. Well, not everybody matches with energy. Not everybody will match with your energy. You and I have the warm fuzzies. We could get together and have bagels and tea. Absolutely. Not, not everybody has that with everybody they run across. Right. So it, you really have to find the match with the person that will take you as far as you need to, to be. So I would so I would say from this conversation, it's not necessarily a good idea to go to one of these big networks. It's better no. to get to get to either go down to um, grief and rebirth podcast and listen to these people talking and see if they you feel their energy aligns with yours to have them work with you or uh, have someone you trust who really recommends someone and you can check a person out that way also would you say I would and I would I would say for those that can get out and do things check at your uh, local community college often at times they offer free classes on Reiki which is energy work and I have found when people are dealing with trauma situations or depression, it actually helps learning energy work because you're healing as you're learning because your body's becoming a conduit of that energy. So if I, if I said, you want a quick fix that is just on you, I would say, take an energy course at a community college where you're getting exposed to the basics of energy work because as you're learning, you're purging some of the grief and it's much easier for that to become organic from you rather than relying on someone else to clear it for you. Oh, that's really interesting too. Uh, heal or heal thyself. Yes. Um, right. Um, Catherine, your book was so fascinating because you, um, you really um, talk about uh, some amazing subjects that have not been touched upon, at least that I've seen. What, was, what is the spiritual purpose of COVID? And what additional impressive spiritual information do you wish to share with us that no other intuit or psychic has brought to the public? Everyone is sitting on their, the edges of their seats now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And that could be a, you know, another, another video. But COVID came here so it would unite humanity. No matter where you lived in the world, COVID was supposed to unite. It wasn't supposed to divide. And when it did divide, what happened is on the universal side of spiritual world of things, they thought, okay, now we're going to double down. You guys couldn't get it together down there on earth to unite, to conquer this once and for all. So now we're going to double down. We're going to keep it rolling. Ah. Enough people will wake up to unite and release the hate and anger towards thy brother and sister and really come together to fight the cause. And that's what, that's what COVID was for, because anything having to do with the lungs is about love. When people smoke, it's taking love away from themselves. They're sucking the love out of their body. When you have a upper respiratory, it is always about sadness coming up and out, even if you don't know what it is. Oh, wow. But COVID affecting the lungs and the upper respiratory, this is about sadness from millions and millions of years of humanity's life that we've carried, even though our cells turn over. So, so it's a universal sadness that's yes. expressed. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's from all the lifetimes that we've lived here and we've continued to do what we weren't supposed to be doing. Wow. Is it going to get better? It, it will, but I will tell you for a lot of people who are continuing to hold groups apart from others where they're feeling like they need to separate off because they feel like they're better than it. It won't get better for them because it, it is one of those things that as humanity, we are at the time where rubber meets the road. We have to figure out exactly what we want for all and change it, not just put a patch on it. 
We're, we need so a, will this group though that is so resistant pull the rest of it down or are they eventually going to be no they're eventually going to be sorted out and have to recycle through for another lifetime they may not have it here on earth they may have to recycle for another lifetime somewhere else but they will eventually and for those that stay around a little bit longer they will become examples for those around them seeing how their their life won't ever quite be they really need to raise the frequency of seeing it as not just the vaccine. So many people went vaccine, not vaccine. What group are you in? But it wasn't about choosing a group. It was about just uniting for everything to be halted, for all of us to pull together and go, look, this is what we need to do. And there's been several things over history that things have happened and people had to unite together. And people did at that time because but now there's been too many other factors of their, their higher selves realizing we're on the brink of the greatest change on earth. And 2022 reflects that. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, now, what is, the, is this the information you wanted to share with us is, or is there other information that no other intuit or psychic has brought to the public? Was there anything else that you wanted to tell us? The other thing is getting back to your your origin. And I would say this is 2022. There's so many different ways that we can grow gardens. We can grow things in our house and our windows. We can have outdoor gardens, even when the weather's bad. Get back to nature of growing your food. Get back to nature of growing your herbs. Because I've noticed whenever I walk out into the garden, and let's say I pick the cherry tomatoes, the aura around that tomato is there for about 12 to 15 minutes, the aura. So it's almost like that game, the Pac-Man, you know, where you, where the Pac-Man's chomping it and all of a sudden the Pac-Man lights up. So when I go out into the garden and I'll pick a tomato, I hurry and I rinse it and I eat it. And when you eat it, while it still has the vegetable, while it still has the life force, it actually helps your body more. It helps you in your body. So same with herbs. If you're going to cook something, and you, and you cut the herbs, the herbs, the leaf still has that life force on it. And you're getting the freshest of the fresh. And it really changes your body. So in that keeping, you also said something about animals that I don't yes. think anyone else has heard that you talked about in your book. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the current issue is COVID. But at the time that I wrote the book, I had channeled that after COVID, it will be the animal, the animal world that will begin to change. It's almost as if the animal consciousness is tired of what humanity has done to it by putting it in the, the death cycle just by any date given and what they've done to the bodies of these animals. When I look at a human being after they've consumed pork, pork is the worst thing for the body it puts a blanket over the energy field that numbs your senses as if it's a glass of wine. That's why some people think, oh, they love bacon. It gives them comfort or a pork chop. Well, it does because it numbs your senses. It's just like a glass of wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it really keeps you from your highest and best. But what I've noticed because of the industry, the dairy industry, the farming industry, these mother cows that have just given birth their calves are taken from them and thrown into a stack to be discarded, to die off. And the mother cows are grieving for that child. And they're hooked up to these milking machines to put a cup of milk out for people or a, a, a bottle of creamer for their coffee. And these mothers will cry for three to four weeks for their babies. Cry, just like we would for our own children. They cry and cry and cry for three to four weeks. And that milk is pumped out. And guess what? We're that milk is served to people at restaurants. It's bottled up for grocery stores. And guess who's drinking it? You, your children. You're serving it up to your kids. Children and depression are at an all-time high. It's at an all-time high because of the meat and dairy industry that we're feeding the children. Their sadness, their anxiety, it's from what's happening. When animals are slaughtered and that meat is prepared, those individuals that are highly sensitive and more people are becoming awakened and sensitive to energies around them and the people they're walking into a room and they can feel the energy. 
Well, guess what happens? When they consume that meat, they're on an energetic level picking up the anxiety of that animal before the animal was slaughtered. It's the same with certain products. When I walk it through the stores of certain department stores, I will see Ugg boots. I cannot touch an Ugg boot. I don't even want to look at an Ugg boot because I see the animal that was tied up and sheared while it was, not sheared, but skinned while it was alive for that Ugg product. The animal is skinned while it's alive so the skin doesn't dry out and the animals left there bleeding out. Oh my God. So I won't, there's certain products I won't have in the house. There's certain products I won't wear. I won't touch. It's because I feel the sadness of that animal. And if I could say one thing for the viewers out there is cut the dairy, cut the, cut the dairy, cut the milk and, and watch your life change. Do you think people should be vegan? I I'm vegan. And, and, uh, I, I won't do meat. I've had lots of intuitive. What about like fish? Do you feel the same way about fish? For people who, for people who are just trying to break off in fish is what you need, eat fish. But if I could say, um, stop anything, you know, I would say, try to get, try to get off the meat thing because it is, it's detrimental to humanity's awakening. And as you begin to clear it, you're actually clear. Sometimes people cry for no reason at all. They don't even know why they're crying. But a lot of times they're crying because of the cut of meat they just consumed. And many people that are shopping at the store, they're looking at the color of meat and they don't, they think, oh, it's just rich in color. It's like a good piece of meat. It's dark. Well, the darkness in the meat has to do with the adrenals that were running through the animal at the time of the death. Just like what happens with humans. When I watch humans pass, and it's been a it's been a uh, a killing or uh, a fear uh, an accident. The same thing happens. Their bodies are no different than ours. And when an animal approaches us, like a dog or a cat to pet, there's an instant connection from their heart to ours that's trying to like touch us, that tries to wash over us. And that's what they came here to do. They came here so they could explain love and teach us love. And so the animal community, even the cows are crying before they're slaughtered, just like we would be, just, just like we would be if we knew we were going to be uh, killed, people would be crying. And that's what happens with animals. But, but humanity hasn't stopped it. They've only turned a blind eye to it. And this is part of the awakening that's happening for 2022 because 2022 will be the year well, there will be more vegetarians and vegans than ever before. And that's what we want. This is why this is such a crucial year for all of us. It says in many ways, now, wait a minute. I have two other questions. Does this apply to poultry also? Uh, yes. Poultry? Yes, because their bodies have been, their bodies have been changed so much over the years. A chicken is only supposed to have 12 eggs a year because each egg is her period. But a chicken's body has been manipulated in such a way that she produces dozens and dozens too much to where she can't even stand. And when she's so exhausted from producing all the eggs, then she is taken to slaughter. So you're eating a piece of chicken that spent her life producing egg after egg after egg. And then she, her body's tired, sad and depressed. And then you put it into your body. And it's the same with the chicks, the chicks and the offsprings. The baby chicks are sorted out. The female chicks are kept. The, the male chicks are dropped into a grinder. Oh, my goodness. So they're looking for their mother. They're coming into the world. They're looking to their mother. And humanity's decided to grind them up. Oh, my God. And, you know, so everything that humanity does, it's not just what you and I are doing. It's what we support. So it's about supporting life, life of all in light for all, because that's what that's what creator wants for all so, of us. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt up, but now I'm thinking also about climate change. It feels yeah. like the earth is crying out yes. also. Yes, it's part of the ascension that's happening with mother earth and what humanity has done to mother earth because it's mother earth saying, I'm not doing this anymore. And 2022 is a big year for uh, natural disasters. 
there's several of them. There's several places I keep a map as I'm doing readings with various people. There's things that come up that they don't ask me about, but I keep them for my own notes. And so I have a map of places. No, I would not go. I would not live. I would not purchase a house in certain regions for 2022 because wow. the houses are not going to be worth anything. Wow. That's another whole interview. Wow. Oh, yes. uh, wow. Um, Catherine, of all people on this planet, what are your special insights about the importance of healing that you'd like to share with us? Why should a person do their best to heal in this lifetime and I, face all the things they have to face to overcome the hurdles to heal? It's so you don't have to do it again. It's so you don't have to go through it again. If you're hurting from a broken heart, if you're hurting from a job or, or feeling that you were a victim in a certain way, heal from it so you don't have to do it again. Because once you recognize it, it's just like a grocery store list. You go in the grocery store for certain things and you come out and you think, oh crap, I didn't get lettuce. I didn't get tomatoes. I didn't get any of, any of the stuff I was supposed to get. It's important to get, get all those things done so that you can say, I'm going to move on to bigger things. Now, if you're making choices that are not going to be your highest and best, and your highest and best needs to be the life that will brighten your energy and put a smile back in your heart that was intended to be there. I told that's wonderful. And tell us how members of our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience can connect with you. And would you like to talk about any new projects you're working on? Yes, I'm currently, uh, I'm, I'm, right now I'm promoting uh, my book, How I Found My Superpowers, because I've had lots of people that I've read for that say, how do you know this stuff? How did you learn this stuff? How did you know my mom was going to die of this? Or how did you know this? And it's too much to tell them in a short time. So I, I'll say, read the book. In, in, but then uh, there's people who need to work on their own spiritual walk, and perhaps they don't have someone they can go to. I put together a TikTok channel that teaches everything. And I answer questions on this TikTok channel. It's free. Um, I so have, we go to TikTok for Catherine. Yes, Branham? it's Psychic Catherine Branham for the TikTok. And it is Instagram Psychic Catherine Branham, where I will post reels on uh, psychic development or your spiritual walk. But the... Um, my new, my new thing that I'm also working on is a workbook that will be out this year. It's a workbook series that helps clear our energy field. So it has more stories of how I know, but it also has examples. So when you go through and you're doing the workbook, it actually helps you have memory of things that we might've seen in a different way that now we're seeing in a different, in a much better way for us to actually work through. And that is, um, I feel like that's going to be the biggest leap for everybody because that way they can work at their own pace. And there's not someone saying, oh, you need to come back to me. But for those of the viewers that would like a session, the sessions are booked at psychiccatherinebranham.com. And let's they, spell that for them. B-R-A-N-H-A-M. Yes, like Brandenham. Right. And, and um, it's... Uh, it's under Psychic Catherine Branham. K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Yes. Yes. And th the same with the TikTok. So I would encourage people if, you know, you don't need to book a session if you like, that would be great. But please check out the TikTok. And if you find yourself with a spiritual question that you feel would help other people, post it as a question under one of the videos. And I answer lots of them. I go back into the archives at times and I will answer questions. I have 500 videos up there that talk about life, death, and the spiritual world. So fantastic. Okay. And what is the Catherine Branham tip for finding joy in life? Think about the things that you've always wanted to do that you would put guardrails on and say, oh, that's not for me or that's too childish. Take off the guardrails that you've placed upon yourself and do it. There's nothing wrong with finding the things that bring you joy, a hula hoop, a walk in the park, playing tennis, do things that bring you joy, learn to dance, learn another language. There's so many things that 
are here to that are at our fingertips with with technology that we can learn that there's no way that you've learned everything and what i usually do is i will pick something every few days read about and learn about that's wonderful great advice really Catherine, how i found my superpowers an introduction to the spirit world is a beautiful and powerful memoir written to inspire people to reach for deep spiritual truths and understanding despite toxic upbringings. I personally relate to this from my own life journey and deeply resonate with the ways you overcame acute trauma and abuse to heal and rebirth yourself. I encourage everyone in our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience to read the inspiring and uplifting How I Found My Superpowers an introduction to the spirit world, which will surely raise their vibrational frequencies. Catherine, thank you from my heart. Thank you so much, Irene. You're welcome. This has been a really deeply moving, insights-filled and enlightening interview today. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and especially on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and hit notify to make sure you will get the inspiring new interviews coming your way. Thank you so much. And as I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. And bye for now. Mm -hmm.